Good morning, church family. Let's all, oh, wow. Okay, you guys got real quiet. I was gonna linger on a few sentences there, but I was gonna say, let's all prepare our hearts for the king. <laughs> uh, well, those of us who were here for the prayer service, we're already prepared. I cannot stress to this church family enough how much the prayer service is a part of what we do and how blessed we all are who come to it. It just, uh, when I, there was one Sunday that I was not on, on stage leading and I was pretending to be a, uh, you know, just someone who's attending, not having to lead anything. And I came to the prayer service to be served in the prayer service, not leading it. And I went through the Sunday thinking like, wow, if I hadn't come to the prayer service, I feel like I would have missed out 50% of church. Like, I just feel like I didn't get everything the Lord intended by not coming there. So if you have the opportunity to in your schedule, highly recommend it. Before we get started, uh, just wanted to ask you guys, what does it mean for you this morning to be faithful in worshiping? What is he asking of you right now? A lot of people will come into a house of worship and maybe they, they think, oh, that song doesn't speak to me or I'm not into that singer's voice or I'm not into that style. And so they maybe withhold. But the, the harsh reality is, is that it's not about how I feel. It's not about how I'm experiencing it because it's not for me at all. It has nothing to do with me. And so in one sense, we just have to command our spirits. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and with everything that is within me, bless his name. So this morning, just command your body to practice obedience. Practice giving God something that he so craves. It doesn't matter if you don't feel the emotion. It doesn't matter if it's scratching that itch because it's not about us. So Father, we just invite you to lead us, God. Jesus, come and lead your people. God, I thank you that we are actually all worship leaders. The first person that I lead is myself and everybody in this room. They're leading themselves until they catch eyes with the one who is so holy and so beautiful. And Jesus, you take over and you lead us. So Father, just come and inhabit this place. We don't wanna do church without you. There's no point. who wants to come worship with us at the front. I love getting to hear your voices, not just ours. This is 
gonna let Johnny play over us for a second. And I just wanna close out by reading Matthew 5. This is why it is well. Because all the people I'm listing here below have the kingdom coming to them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because your name is written in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He didn't say blessed are the powerful. Blessed are those that have everything working for them. Blessed are those who are the most successful in the eyes of the world. I don't qualify for that. But blessed are the poor and the meek and the lowly and the pure. So if you've come broken this morning, the kingdom is promised to you. Blessed and happy and fulfilled are you. And this is why it is well. Amen. I'm just gonna pray for us. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that the gospel is good news for the weak, for the broken, for the downhearted. I thank you, God, that the gospel is good news for us, for the unimportant, for the neglected, for the refugee, for the outcast, for the poor. The gospel is good news for us. God, I thank you that you have promised us your presence. It's the one promise we have that we can count on every single time. I thank you, God, that we get to experience suffering because if we didn't, we'd be so distracted, we would miss the greatest thing. We praise you, God. We praise you for the battle. We praise you for the hardship. We praise you that we get to have our love, our love tested and tried, never again. When this life is over, will we ever get to prove our love? Never again. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to love you freely. We just bless you, Jesus. We bless you, God.
just want to invite you guys as you go back to your seats to thank God for the promise of the kingdom. To thank God that he promises his presence and his rule and his reign. To just bless him. We're so grateful that you are king and that you've ushered in your kingdom. We thank you for the promise and the blessing of your kingdom. We even thank you for the requirements of your kingdom. Holy Spirit, continue to lead us into what it means to live under the authority and the lordship of King Jesus, living out the culture of the kingdom of heaven here and now. Lord, make it beautiful to the world around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you today. Radiant Kids, you are dismissed. Your room leaders are in the back there, and they will take you to your rooms. And parents, you can pick up your kids after service lets out. Uh, we have our next semester of small groups kicking off Sunday, March 4th. And uh, the registrations for that are now open online at RadiantA2.com under the groups page. 
And uh, what they are, they're groups, they're in about eight weeks, and uh, it's just a time where you're getting together with some people who you can develop more relationship with and, and start living out what the kingdom of God is like. Uh, I love the larger gatherings, and when you read in scripture, what were the disciples of Jesus doing? They were gathering in the temple. That's a large gathering where it's focused on prayer, it's focused on worship, adoring Jesus, there's teaching that's going on there. But then they're also gathering in the homes. And so there they're, once again, like they're breaking bread together, they're praying with each other, they're ministering to each other. Really beautiful things happen in both places. And I'm so glad that we live in a place where we can do large gatherings and small gatherings, and they're both vital to our discipleship to Jesus. So I would encourage you, uh, join in on a group. It's, it's an easy eight-week commitment uh, as a way to move more into what it looks like to follow after Jesus faithfully, and you will be blessed by that. So RadiantA2.com under the groups page, and you can find something that works out well for your schedule. Well, this morning we have Papa Rod, who is going to be preaching, and so would you come on up here? Give him a welcome. And I'm going to go hang out with the kids, so... <laughs> Morning. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. I have a question. What identity are you walking in or have you been walking in? You know, when we were growing up, <coughs> we don't have people, they give you an identity or they'll give you a name or a label. Excuse me. You know, some of those labels were, ah, that's a fat boy, fat girl. Some of those labels were, he's a troublemaker. Other ones were, that's a bookworm. He's a nerd. Nothing's going to come. He's, he's got nothing coming good of him. Those names were giving, and the people that gave them didn't really understand that they stick with you. Subconsciously, you start living those labels or those names out. The enemy hears those names because they're spoken out into the atmosphere. He tries to help you make those labels come to fruition. When something happens with your child and you've been saying, well, you're no good, you're not going to come up with nothing, you're not going to be able to do nothing, and that happens, then you wonder, well, what happened to them? The words that we speak their life. And when we speak those words and put them out in the atmosphere, that gives the enemy tools to start working. Then we get labels like, oh, he's a jock. Or you're better than someone else. Those labels start bringing competition. And, and you're thinking, well, I'm a jock because my coach told me I'm a jock. 
So you start striving to be that jock, and then all of a sudden, that doesn't happen. And then you get upset, you get mad, you start doing things contrary to what should be done. And we always wonder, well, why is that happening? It's because we take on the character of the world. When you look at it, these are worldly titles. And some of them are damaging. Some of them are good. Not all are bad, but the problem is those titles don't take you or bring you close to God. They start having you striving to be what that says. If it's good, you want to do it. You know, how many times have you been around and you're talking and so and you're talking about someone and they come in the room and she just casually and jokingly you say, speaking of the devil. <laughs> Those words are out there. You're labeling that person. And subconsciously, they, they may hear you, you saying it jokingly when they walk in, oh, speaking of the devil, but they hear it. And subconsciously, their mind starts thinking, oh, God, you know, you're nothing but the devil. You ain't, you're not going to do anything good. And you start to say, okay, well, that's what I, they say, I'm just going to be that way. Always remember, someone has to give you an identity. Someone has to give it. We don't think of them. I'm not going to look at myself and say, if I was giving myself, I'm not going to look and say, well, he's not going to be nothing. I'm not looking at myself and saying, I'm a troublemaker. See, I don't think of those ideas. People speak those words on you. But we have a new identity giver, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives us our identity. He's given us an identity at birth. The problem is we get these negative identities and they're the ones that keep us from getting close to him. Because what happens is, think about it, a lot of times we're, we don't, we're, we're wondering how can I get close to Jesus? What do I have to do? I had a friend, grew up with him, I used to talk to him when we were kids. And one day I seen him and I hadn't seen him in a while and we were talking and he asked me, he said, what are you doing now? I said, I'm a child of the king. And I'm living a kingdom life. I said, I'd like you to be a child of the king also. But see, he had words spoken saying that you're, you can't be, you're mounting nothing. You got to work for what you want. 
And I tried to explain to him how God loved him and that he didn't, it didn't take anything. All you needed to do was surrender. His comment to me was, well, I've been so bad and I'm good for nothing. I have to work to pay God back before he can accept me. Those words were spoken over him. And my friend died believing that he had to work to get God to accept him because of words that were spoken over him when he was growing up. But I thank God for Jesus. I thank God that he came and walked on this earth and gave his life that I could have a new identity. I don't have to walk around thinking that I can't do things. I don't have to walk around thinking that I'll amount to nothing. I don't have to walk around to try to prove myself to anyone because Jesus has given me a new identity. And I forgot to give you my scripture, but forgive me for that. If you got a Bible, turn to Matthew 16. Verses 13 through 17. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked them, <laughs> And he's asking you this question, not just about him. When I read it, put your, just say it to you. But who do men, or who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. See, Simon answered that question because he knew who Jesus was. He had a relationship with him. He had been walking with him. Jesus had been pouring into him. So when Jesus asked that question, the father realized and understood, Simon, you got a relationship with Peter, so I'm going to let you know, Jesus, so I'm going to let you know who he is. Because, see, you got the biggest mouth among all of them. So I'm going to tell you because I know you will blast it out. So Simon said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon, <laughs> no human being told you that. You could only get that from my father in heaven. See, we've carried those titles and those labels that human beings have given us 
It is now time for us to start carrying the titles that the Father has given us. So I'm just going to give you just a few titles or a few labels that God has given you. And you get in the word and you start reading more and digging in more of what, who God called you. And you start declaring, declaring those titles or those names or what you are over yourself. He gave them to us because he loves us. But these titles that he's given us or the names and things that he's given us is not for us. It's for us to be an example to call others in to his kingdom. So I looked up a couple of them. And the first one that I, I came to my mind was new creation. I'm going to share a little something with you. When I was young, stupid, thought I knew everything, I joined the Masons. And they have their little levels and everything. They have their one little place. It's called the Blue House and everything. But then after I got through that, I became what they call a Shriner. The word I call it the little fez, but I call it sometimes the monkey grinder hat because you see a little monkey on a guy's shoulder and he's wearing a little hat. Well, part of their initiation is they call it creation. You have to go through a creation, and at the end of that creation, they give you a name. They give you a name. It's a whole counterfeit of what God does for us. See, we're a new creation in God. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. In that new creation, what God is saying is, your old thinking, the old things that were put in your life, they're passed away. And now I'm getting ready to create a new you. I'm going to change the way you think about yourself. I'm going to change the way you think about others. I love you that much. So I'm going to take away the bondage and the, the chains that are holding you by seeing who you were by human beings. And I'm breaking those chains and I'm going to start telling you who you are and what I have created you to be. See, so the first thing that came on was he said, you're a new creation. And I'm like, Okay, I'm a new creation. But when I look in the mirror, I see the same old me. His working is not on the outside. He puts that new creation on the inside to change the outside. So when people see you, they say there's something different about you. I knew you when you were this. I knew you when you used to do that. 
Yeah, but I don't do them no more. I'm new. I got a good life. Why don't you come with me? I'm going to introduce you to the person who can create you over again. After you became that new creation, you became chosen. You became royalty. You became holy. First Peter 2.9 But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. Remember Jesus told his disciples, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So think about it. We're chosen people. We're in good company. He chose the apostles. He chose us. He chose me. You're a royal priesthood. You're royalty. You're a king's child. You have an inheritance that is above any inheritance. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. God owns us, but he loves us. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he calls you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And Amy just read her, you're the light of the world. You don't hide your light under a basket. God called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. I'm chosen. I'm royal. I'm holy. So wherever I go, where there's darkness, it's got to go. Why? Because I'm walking in the light of who God has created me to be. See, and when I'm talking royalty, I'm not talking like how we see the kings and everything in this world, how they, they walk around and they want they, people that are not of their statue, they call them common. See, God's kingdom is not like that. God's kingdom comes out amongst the people. We are who we are, but we're, I'm royal, but I can be you. I can come and I can sit with you. See, I don't take my royalty and make me feel that I'm better than you. My royalty is to bring you into the same thing. See, we get these titles and we get certain things and we think we're better than someone else. You look at it, think about it. Even in the church, people get titles. Oh, you're an apostle. Oh, you're a prophet. You're a pastor, you're a teacher. But then when you look at that, the apostle thinks he's better than the prophet. And the prophet thinks he's better than the pastor. The pastor thinks he's better than the teacher. Why? Because, oh, I'm an apostle. No, your gift is no different, and that is no different than the next person. God gave you that so that you could be an example of love to bring people into him. He didn't give you the gift of that gift for you. He didn't.
did make you, call you a new creation for you. He didn't say you were a royal priesthood for you. It's not for you. It's not for your gain. You're just an instrument and a servant to bring people to him. He's called you out of that darkness into his wonderful light so that you could bring people out of their darkness into the light. He didn't give it to you to go sit it and, and, like the, and, and put a uh, basket over it. He gave you that light and he put it in you for you to shine in this world. For you to help change the world. He's not going to change it. He's done what he had to do. The world's got to be changed through us. We're the ones that's got to change the world. Why? Because we're in the world. He prayed to his father, Father, I pray, don't take them out the world. See, a lot of us want to, some of us may say they don't, but a lot of us, oh, Lord, I, the way this world is, take me out now. You know, I, I'm ready to go. This place is crazy. But guess what? That's why you're here, to take the craziness and make it sane. That's why you're here, to take the darkness and bring in light. Yes. See, he took those worldly titles off of you because with those worldly titles, you just blended in. You look just like them. But he said, no, you're a new creation. You're chosen. You're royal. You're holy. Why? Because I want you to stay in this world and change it. I want you to call people out of their darkness into the light of my kingdom. This royalty that you have is for you to share it, not hoard it. Then he told us, you're the head and not the tail. In Deuteronomy 28, 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only. I like that. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God. And remember what Pastor Jeremy told us about the commandments. They're not that. They're to help us. They're to lead us. They're to guide us. They're to keep us from doing what we think we should be doing. Which I command you today. And are careful to observe them. See, we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Guess what? You can't lead someone somewhere if you're not the head. Amen? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Excuse the example, but... My rear 
can't lead me. Why? Because it's in the rear. But my head. So if I'm, if, if I'm leading, I got to understand. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only. Reason I'm above only. There's, in the scripture, God said, I have you seated with me in heavenly places. It's time we start realizing where we are. It's time we start seeing things the way God sees them. And when we see things the way God sees them, we will have compassion. We will start to have that love, and we will want to pull people out of where they are and bring them up to where they're supposed to be. God did not create us to be the tail. He created us to be the head. He didn't, he didn't create us to be at the bottom. He created us to be at the top. But it's not to be arrogant with it. It's to have it out of love. See, we get sometimes we get so big-headed in our ego poof, blows God out of the way because it's got to be our way. But God didn't call us for that. He's the head, and we're the head as long as we're doing his commandments. Remember, on that chosen, he said, we're God, it says, we're his possession. We didn't die, Jesus died. Can I tell you a little secret? You can't save anyone. Now, don't look at me all funny, I'm just telling you. You can't save nobody. All you can do is point them to the person who can save them. You tell them about the goodness of God. We just sing a song. His goodness is running after me. Guess what? You got his goodness. Start running after somebody. Bring them into the light. Draw them to the person who can save them. Draw them to the one who can make them a new creation. Draw them to the one that says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Draw them to the ones who can make them royal. Draw them to the one who can make them holy. You can't do it. You can just tell them about him. Our lights are supposed to be lights that draw. Guess what? I'm the light, and I want all the mosquitoes to come to me. Because <laughs> when they come, I'm going to tell them about the goodness of my Father. See, Jesus... I like the scripture where Jesus said, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. And I started thinking about that. I said, hmm, Jesus called me a friend. So if Jesus called me a friend, then I'm a friend of God. Not only am my father's child, I'm his friend. So I got two ways that he's going to, because Jesus said, as a servant, 
I'm not going to tell you everything, but as a friend, I'm letting you know everything. And as a child, a parent wants to tell their kids everything. So I said, whoa, I got a double blessing. I'm your friend. I'm your child. You ain't going to do nothing but open yourself up to me and let me know who you are and how much you love me. Kick off those old identities that you were given as a child. Throw them away. You're no longer that person. Don't let the enemy come in when you're out or somewhere, you're by yourself, and he wants to start speaking to you. Don't let him bring those thoughts to you. You're no longer that person. You're a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Jesus said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. They're higher. So guess what? If you're seated in heavenly places with him, your thoughts should extend to where he's at. And you should be thinking his thoughts and not what the enemy wants to bring to you. It's time to put the enemy in his place. And you know where that is? You're, if you're the head... He, and not to tell. If you're above and not beneath, where is he? Under your foot. That's what the word says. He will bruise your heel. So when he comes to tell you, oh, you're just a nerd. Guess what? Did you see that sign outside when you came up to this structure? It said no vacancies. So where there's no vacancies, you can't come in. Those thoughts cannot come here now. Why? Because my thoughts are the thoughts of the Father. And I'm full of his thoughts, so there's no vacancy and no room in this end. Go someplace else. Become the person God has created you to be. Take your rightful place. Walk in the royalty that you have. It's not being egotistic. It's just being who you are. Walk in that royalty. Walk in that holiness. Walk knowing that God chose you. You didn't choose him. That's how much he loved you. Walk like you're the head and not the tail. Walk like you're sitting in the heavenly places with the Father. Enjoy sitting there with him. Play that music, Father. We're going to have a party up here because I'm sitting up here with you. We're going to have a good time because it's so good up here. Father, when can I go down there and bring the people that's in darkness up here? Let me be the foot, which is above everyone else. I'm going to bring them, and we're going to make Satan. He's going to become, the enemy becomes what? His footstool. We have to do that. God has done it. Jesus did his part. 
The other way we can do that is remember, Jesus also told us, I'm going away. But I'm not going to leave you alone. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Holy Spirit, continue to remind us who we are in Christ. Holy Spirit, continue to let us know what authority we have. I want to be a father pleaser. And I want to be like Jesus. I only want to do what I hear the Father tell me to do. I only want to speak what I hear the Father tell me to speak. And the only way I can do that is to start communicating to myself, I'm a new creation. I'm a chosen person. I'm the head and not the tail. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things to Christ who gives me the strength. I just thank him for the new creation I am. I thank him for the life that he has given me that I can go out and shine like a light and let people know when they see me. Why, why do you look so different? You look so bright. Because <laughs> I'm the light. I got God. And guess what? You can look the same way. Let me tell you how. And start sharing with them in love. Let the love of the Father flow through you to where they feel it and it just draws them to where they can't they, they, even if they say okay that's fine I always say God when, when I talk to people I say that's you know and they'll say that's good I say God when they alone work on their mind speak to them have them shaking because it, it's going to just, just permeate in them to where it makes them hungry for more. So what we need to do is grasp who you are in his eyes, not yours. Let me, let me take it in a little further. Not your mother's, not your father's, not your aunt, not your uncle. Grabs who you are in his eyes. And when you see who you are in his eyes, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. Know that he loves you. He loved you enough to send his son. that you could say, I'm chosen. I'm a king's kid.
I have royalty in my blood. I don't have to walk around with you looking with a bodyguard or anything. I don't have to walk around looking a certain way. I can look the way I am and know that I'm royalty and know that I'm chosen. Why? Because God does not look on the outside. He looks on the heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I hope that helps someone, because it sure helped me. Uh, now is the time we get to share or communicate or come together as a family. But what I want you to do today when you get together in your groups and pray, think about the names or the labels that were given to you. And think about who God said you were. Pray those new labels or those new names over you. Be in agreement with the person and pray with them that God will continue to show them who they are in him. And let them know that you're praying, you'll be praying for them because guess what? We all need it. We all need to know. And we all need a reminder of who we are in him. So I know some of you might say, well, prayer is not for me. Well, you know, you don't have to pray. You can just stand there. It's your presence because we're family. It's your presence there that lets the family member know, I'm with you. You know, I may not say nothing, but I'm with you. I agree. And then you might not even want to say anything in the group about what you need, but just know that they're still there for you because we're family. Amen? Break up in your groups. When you get done, you can go out and have some coffee or you can go smack the devil on the head with your foot. <laughs> Praise God.